Hi, and welcome back to Just Ask the Question. I am your host, Brian Karam, and today with us is former Illinois Congressman Joe Walsh. No, not that Joe Walsh. He's a better guitar player than the one that played with the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, has his own radio show. So we're going to talk a little bit with uh, Joe and um, for, <laughs> about, of course, Donald Trump, prosecution, and guitar playing. Well, we'll see. Stick around. We'll be right back. Hi, welcome back. It's Just Ask the Question. With me is former Congressman Joe Walsh. Joe, thanks for being here again today. Appreciate it. Hey, Brian, great to be with you. I'm going to tell you something kind of funny after your intro. I, I was in the car yesterday, a beautiful Sunday, and I literally cranked up some Joe Walsh on my uh, <laughs> uh, listening to some old vintage Joe Walsh stuff. I love it. My Maserati does 185. <laughs> great song yeah uh one day at a time brian you ever heard the, his song yeah. one day at a time yeah yeah he's fantastic a fantastic song i saw him actually a few times in con uh, in concert uh not with uh the eagles but actually by himself and there, he tells a great story about how did he get to be such a uh you know a badass party animal and he said keith moon taught him so that's <laughs> <laughs> i believe it yeah that, that would do it. <laughs> yeah. He said one time they tried to, I think it was him who was talking about, he tried to go into a restaurant one time and they wouldn't uh, take him because they had blue jeans on. So him and Keith Moon went to a store and bought black paint and spray painted their pants and then walked back in and got into the <laughs> restaurant. Love it. Love it. So anyway, I, I've got you here because, you know, you, you used to uh, be a, a Donald Trump supporter. Um, but uh, left the fold. And now looking back at what occurred, and I love your tweets, by the way, they're so dead on. Um, but we're looking now in the last week alone. I mean, we can take a look at uh, his his um, appearance uh, and, you know, his first rally since, by the way, the first rally since the insurrection. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then Mike Pence backing away from him, uh, Bill Barr backing away from him. Uh, Mitch McConnell, hell, even his uh, Jared and Ivanka have kind of distanced themselves from him. And um, he continues to rant and rave. He went after both Barr and McConnell today in a, in a, he can't tweet anymore, but he sends out these gosh darn press releases that drive me nuts. I never publicize them. But are we looking at the end, beginning of the end of uh, Donald Trump's significance in, in uh, politics? No way, my friend. Uh no way. I, I, uh, I, I don't see it. Look, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of boring on this point, Brian. I don't think there's been any change. And in fact, I think if there's been any change, I'm talking about Republican base voters, they're more right. solidly with them now than ever. 
it's his party. He got a raucous reception in Ohio at his rally over the weekend. If he wants to run for president in 24, as of now, nobody would challenge him. I don't see any change. It's his party. Do you think he will run? In, uh, yes, in you do. I do. I think he uh, I think he really wants to. Uh, I think he believes he really won in 2020. Um, and I think he's going to unless he can't. I think he's going to run. Well, that, that's the other question. Do you think he'll be able to run or will be? I guess he could run from behind bars. There's nothing to keep him from doing that. As um, long as he's breathing, I think he'll run. And, and by the way, Brian, as long as he's breathing, he'd win the Republican Party nomination. I, I would venture to say even if he weren't breathing, he might win the Republican nomination at this point. <laughs> but, it, you know, I you bring up an interesting point. I do believe that his people are as are fervently, they worship him. And I, I asked this in the briefing the other day before Jen Psaki in the White House about is this administration prepared or what is it prepared to deal with if we see a second insurrection? Because there are people that firmly believe he's going to be, and I use my air quotes, reinstated as president in August. And they're talking, I mean, I've seen the conversations, I've heard them, I've interviewed these people. I wouldn't doubt that they would show back up again in DC to press the point. Agreed. And uh, you and I've talked before, Brian, I'm an yeah. unusual, I am an unusual never Trumper because I did support Trump in 16. I still engage every damn day with thousands of Trump supporters. I always, I always worried about violence on January 6th. I yep. always worried about violence on January 20th, the day Biden was sworn in. And I do worry about, because I hear stuff. I worry about what might happen in August. I worry about violence as long as Trump is on the scene. That's a good point. And that's, I, I, you know, I don't know if people are quite aware of it because they believe that once he's been removed from social media, that, you know, he's invisible to the rest of us. But to his supporters, he's very visible and they are very, they, they foment. I mean, it's like watching a dog, a rabid dog get ready to run. Um, they are, and I, like you, I engage with these people sometimes not by choice, but uh, often by choice just to find out what's going on with them. And they're yeah. very, very, uh, they're all in. And I, I don't, I don't think the rest of the country quite understands that as of yet. I don't, Brian, you're so right, man. I, whenever I go on CNN or MSNBC, this is what I always say. I don't think people on CNN and MSNBC sufficiently understand where this base is, uh, how, how um, likely more violence is. We all laugh about the fact that they're a cult. It's not funny. They are a cult. They believe Trump won. They got no problem with what happened on January 6th. I worry that we don't, as a country, appreciate uh, the real danger here. Yeah, I agree with you. I, and I think that it is a danger. And, you know, I, I tell my own little story from January 6th. I, I, we've all seen the pictures of those people trying to be Spider-Man crawling up the wall. Yeah. And I was standing there and I said, Hey, morons, there's steps at either end. You could you can use the steps. And I, I said, you're gonna get somebody killed, you're gonna break in, and somebody did fall and break their neck. But yeah. when I said that to them, there, there were like 20 of them that bum rushed me, tried to run after me because uh, you know, damn media. And I said, wait, 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 I'm with Playboy. 
and it stopped them in their tracks and they said uh, uh can you get us into the mansion uh, how yeah. about a party uh, so, <laughs> you can defuse them <laughs> yeah. but I, no and that's why and that's why brian like uh mike pence is in a bad spot and i appreciated what pence said last week i think he spoke out at uh what reagan's uh reagan's uh library whatever out there in california i appreciated what pence said it's way too late but pence had to do his job but again pence knows and screw bill barr for coming out now and trying to rehab himself i want to ask you about that yeah yeah but 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 the important thing is follow where the base is. And the Republican Party base right now is with Trump. And it, by the way, if they're not with Trump, you got to be really Trumpy to, to inherit all of Trump's voters. Right, DeSantis. DeSantis. <laughs> yeah. But when, when we talk about Bill Barr, what, and you said screw Bill Barr, but um, what he said was accurate, I think. But why do you why are you still upset with him? Because it took him too late to do it. Because when the Mueller report came out, yep. and the Mueller report clearly showed that there was collusion and that Trump obstructed justice, the the attorney general at the time should never be forgiven for lying to the American people when he put out that overview of the Mueller report. He covered for Trump's ass that day, and that had a profound impact on how the country viewed the Mueller report. I get it, Brian, and you know better than I do. There were people who worked for Trump who did their best to keep the country upright because we had a psychopathic, pathological liar in the White House. But Bill Barr really did a lot to protect Trump while he was there, yeah, too. Yeah, he did. So when he says what he says now, and you, you want to go over what he said, what what you thought of it? I mean, and and I, I, I believe it. I, I, I believe that Bill Barr knew, knew at the time that Trump and all of this rampant voter fraud was utter bullshit. Yeah. I, I knew, I believe Bill Barr probably knew that. And Bill Barr probably gave a cursory look to it into it just to appease Trump. But I wish Bill Barr had been more forceful to the American people then that this was all bullshit. Because Brian, every Republican who echoed the big lie or let the big lie stay out there um, incited what happened on January 6th. Yeah, I'll, and I'll, I'll do you one better. I think that tacitly and implicitly, but I believe that overtly, I think some of them were involved in it overtly and helped plan it. Yeah. And that's, and which is one of the reasons why we didn't get an independent January 6th commission. If you thought it was Antifa, if you thought it was the FBI, if you thought it was any of that, you would support an investigation, would you not? I mean, but if you're not going to support investigation, then that means that perhaps you're afraid of what that investigation would show. I think Bill Barr's trying to cover his ass right now. Now, Bill Barr has no interest in running for president. No. Um, if you're Ron DeSantis, if you're Ted Cruz, if you're any of these other guys, you know the deal, Brian. You can't say what even Bill Barr said now. I mean, think about what a crazy world we live in now. If you want to be the Republican nominee for president, you have to lie about this last election. 
you have to lie. Yeah, what, what's happened to the Republican Party, man? I, I, I have not seen, I honestly, it's a dystopian type of environment. I never thought, if you told me 10 years ago this would have happened, I would have gone, yeah, I've seen that screenplay. It's not going to sell in Hollywood. It's it, Nobody believe it. But it did. But <laughs> it happened. Uh, were you shocked? No, because remember, Brian, I, I come from that world. I came from Trump's world. Uh, his followers were my followers. I came from the Tea Party. I, I helped lead to Donald Trump. I've had to apologize for that. I, I wish I had recognized how radicalized the base was becoming sooner than I did. But yeah, by the time Trump came along, Brian, they were out of control. Yeah. Well, I think he's a symptom of, and yes. so I, I sent, you know, you, I, I appreciate the blurb, by the way, for the book. Oh <laughs> man, people need to get, I can't wait for that book to come out, Brian. Well, thanks. I, but that's, I think he's a symptom of 40 years of this type of stuff on both sides. I think that both parties have contributed to it. And I think Trump, um, uh, I, I would say if anything else, he's the epitome of Barnum and Bailey's, you know, circus. I mean, you know, the, the PT Barnum statement that, you know, a sucker's born every minute. Um, he's the, Brian, you're so right. Tr Trump is the product of a broken politics. You yeah. know, you know it cause you've covered it for years. Our politics is broken. It's been getting more broken for, as you say, the last yeah. 40 years. I mean, how could the greatest country in the history of the world ever elect an utterly horrible human being as president, if not for a really broken politics. I hope we yeah. learn from it. Uh, well, how could uh, supposedly the greatest country in the world not embrace, you know, like uh, infrastructure? <laughs> you know, I mean, I want the bridges and the roads to work. <laughs> well, tell me, man, Biden's going to get it done, isn't he? I at yeah. least the first part. I think it, um, and I, yeah, I think it'll eventually all get done unless the Democrats lose in the midterm. Um, yeah. If the Democrats lose their majority in the midterm, uh, all bets are off. But if he can push it through, I think he'll get both parts of it through before the midterm election. And I at think least that, get, and again, you and I may differ on substance, but roads and bridges and all that, get that done now. And well, I don't know what Biden, Biden kind of messed, screwed the pooch a little bit last yeah. Friday. Well, yeah, and then he came back to it. He, he, yeah. In, in essence, I mean, we asked her about that in a briefing room today. Did they misunderstand? Did he misspeak? And uh, basically, it was a a, a quasi-admittal that maybe he misspoke. But that yes. everyone's back on uh, track. And he called uh, Republicans and said, "No, no, wait a minute, not you know, not gonna do it, not at this juncture." And you know, <laughs> and, and and cleaned it up. But um, yeah, I mean, I. I don't know that anybody could argue against infrastructure. I mean, maybe you argue about what infrastructure is, but um, the no. And Brian, if you're if you're the Republicans heading into 2022, and you've got history on your side and redistricting on your side, man, I'll tell you what: Biden will have a COVID bill and an infrastructure bill. You don't want Biden to get all the credit for that infrastructure bill. Right. Republicans better get on board with it. Yeah, they uh, if they want any kind of credit. So that brings me back to the other person we mentioned in the beginning who's kind of backed away from Trump, and that's and that is uh, my my favorite buddy, Mitch McConnell. Uh, so <laughs> he has promised to. Uh, I mean, I I understand. I on I honestly do understand 
Mitch never really embraced Trump. I mean, he Trump was a useful idiot for him because if there's anybody more narcissistic than Trump, I would say it's Mitch McConnell. And he's also a lot smarter than, yeah. than uh, Donald Trump. But his saying that he, you know, 100% of his efforts going to be in blocking, he said this as recently as May, is in blocking whatever Biden does. How does that play? I mean, it, if you're trying to, like you just said, Republicans need to get on board. They don't want the Democrats taking all the credit for infrastructure. So what's the point in, in both backing away from Donald Trump and trying to fight infrastructure? I think, I, I think the Republicans, Brian, Kevin McCarthy and McConnell, they are not looking beyond 2022. And all they care about is taking back the House and taking back the Senate. That's all McConnell is focused on. I know that's all McCarthy is focused on. So all they're trying to do is rev up their base. And so when you say stuff like that, I'm going to oppose everything Obama did. And McConnell said that as well back yeah, in the day. Yeah, he did. And I'm going to oppose everything Biden does. And then you talk about this this uh, uh, hammer thrower who didn't uh, who turned her back on the the flag right. during the national anthem over the weekend. So they're trying to find all this cultural stuff because they believe if they get their base out next year, they will take back the House and the Senate. That's all they care about. They don't look beyond twenty two. I, I wonder about now. Gerrymandering has created that potential for the minority to rule. I'll grant you that, but. I think, isn't it rather incredibly short-sighted because at the same time, the base that they appeal to continues to shrink. Yes. And, and, and I'll tell you what, Brian, I've had this conversation with some of my former congressional colleagues privately, and they acknowledge what you just said, but they don't look beyond 2022. They don't care. They just want the House for sure and maybe the Senate. They don't think long term what this is doing to the party. They don't the think country. long term how it's turning people off. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I go out and interview young kids and, you know, they're becoming voters. It's almost 90-10 as far as, you know, I, they would rather be a Democrat or they would rather be a libertarian or they'd rather not be registered in any party at all rather than being registered as a Republican. Well, uh, you and I have talked about before. I think the Republican Party is dying as a national party. I think it's going to be a really strong regional party. Brian, the only thing that can save the Republican Party is if the Democratic Party goes way too off the ranch in the other direction. That's it. Well, and let's be honest, it's a Democrat, so that could happen. Very possible. <laughs> one's, one's a party of no heart. One's a party of no head. <laughs> and yeah. that's our politics today, folks. <laughs> but yeah, that's, yeah. I, I, I wonder, but looking at, so today at five o'clock, supposedly we're talking as, as we are, it's Monday. Uh, there's been a line in the sand drawn in New York for Donald Trump and his organization. Do you foresee indictments coming? Yeah, but I don't think Trump will ever get indicted. And I, I've got nothing necessarily to base that on, Brian. I think people around him will. I don't believe everybody will turn. People around Trump. him already have. But yes. <laughs> well, and, and again, that's somebody wrote a, a book and made a lot of money about that. Yeah. Anything he touches. But I just I, I, I don't think 
he'll get indicted. And I, I'd really be very surprised if he was ever convicted. And by the way, Brian, if he's just indicted and not convicted, he'll be a hero with the base. I mean, yeah. a hero. Well, he already he got he's already been indicted twice and not convicted. It's called impeachment. Uh, he was badge of honor, man. Badge of yeah. honor. Yeah, that's what how he sees it. Uh, and, and and he knows that, and that's actually part of his calculation. There's part of I think his people that would like to see him indicted, knowing that's probably as far as it will go, and the party, the voters will rally around him. Yeah, uh, but I don't. I mean. Only one president in our history has lost the presidency and come back four years later and won it. And I, I just don't see him as a Cleveland. I just, first of all, well, no, no, and, and uh, Brian, I, I, I agree. I can't imagine he could ever get elected again. I think you agree with me. If he ran, he'd win the nomination. Yeah, and but, and I'll tell you, man, you win the nomination. I'm sorry, you're you're you got a fighter's chance. Don't forget, I, I know Biden beat him by seven million votes, but really Biden beat him by about what forty or fifty thousand votes electorally. Yeah. So, well, I, I think the thing that the Democrats and we'll talk about this in the second block a little bit, but I think the Democrats have forgotten one important thing, and that is that Donald Trump would have won re-election if he decided that the coronavirus was his enemy and not China. If he had tried, if it, it, it literally took an act of God for Donald Trump to lose the presidency. And had he decided to unite the country in finding a cure, instead of blaming a country and disparaging people, I think he would have won that reelection. Brian, it's like a president during a time of war. You're right. America rallies around a president during a time of war. This pandemic, we were at war against a virus. Any, any normal president, that would redound to their positive. But again, Trump is Trump, and he screwed it all up because he's just, he wasn't capable. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, when you A, you call it a hoax. B, you tell me to shoot up uh, Clorox or expose my innards to sunlight or... Any of the other bullshit that he sold. Brian, and again, you know this better than I do. I've never seen a human being who's incapable of caring about anything but himself. So this this virus really messed him up because he was incapable of caring about the American people. And it was his downfall. Yeah, I agree. Well, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, let's talk a little bit about uh, going forward and the current president and uh, stick around. We'll be right back. Just ask the question. Facts you can hear. Hey, JATQ podcast listeners. As you know, now more than ever, the truth is hard to come by. Misinformation and bias seem to be almost everywhere. But don't let those fear mongers get you down. Just ask the questions and help support a vital pillar of democracy by subscribing to our brand new Patreon page. We are independent, fact-oriented, and never partisan. Help us keep bringing you the objective news you need at patreon.com 
slash J-A-T-Q podcast. That's patreon.com slash J-A-T-Q podcast. Hi, we're back. It's Just Ask the Question. I am your host, Brian Kerman, with us, former Congressman Joe Walsh from the sunny uh, city of Chicago and the one or the windy city of Chicago. I, I, I forgot to ask you, what part of Chicago did you grow up in? Uh, the northwest suburbs, uh, about 45 minutes outside the city. Great town, though, Brian. Good, good blues town. Good oh, music yeah. town. I, I, well, I, you know, I lived in Glenview for a while as a kid. Okay. We were about 30 minutes west yeah. of Glenview. Yep. Ah, all right. And uh, Oak Park for a while too, but I love Chicago. So you got into the city when you were here, right? Uh-huh. Oh yeah. <laughs> good music city, good food city. Yeah. Yeah. Chibeka, Chibeka, Chibeka. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. I went there before it was ever popularized on Saturday Night Live. I remember as a oh kid going to Strut and I was like, Wait a minute. When I saw it on Saturday night, I go, I know that. I, I know that place. <laughs> so you were, you were here back in the Blues Brothers day, kind of, right? Yes. Yeah, right. Well, the Blues Brothers came out, what, 77, I think. And 77 I was, or 8, I think, yeah. Yeah. And I was, um, so I lived there. It was uh, 72, 73. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and it was. Uh, and, Old Man Daly was mayor. Yeah, and I got to tell you, if you've never gone, if you're listening to this now and you've never gone to Wrigley Field for a day game, it's the best place on the planet to watch a baseball game during the day. I can't get over it. I still love it. I've never, Brian, I've, I've never been to Fenway. People say the same thing about eh, Fenway. Fenway's not nah. nah, I don't like Fenway <laughs> nearly as much as I like Wrigley Field. <laughs> and I, Good. You know, when where I lived, where I grew up, uh, Louisville, Kentucky, was the AAA farm club for the Boston, uh, okay. for the Boston okay. Red Sox. So I went up there on a couple of occasions, and nah, 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 ah. it's not. Nah, it's Wrigley Field is something special, and Wrigley's uh, cool. Yeah, yeah, and the old Crosley Field in um, Cincinnati was real cool too. Yeah, I was in yep. the last. I, I I saw the last game in Crosley Field in the first in Riverfront. And, oh, very uh, cool. Yeah, that was the big red machine was when. Oh, when my was God. Up. Yeah, everybody tried oh. to imitate Pete Rose when he bowled over Ray Fossey at the plate. <laughs> <laughs> so for like three years afterwards in Little League, I'd flatten anybody that was. In my, nowadays, you get thrown out of the game for it. Back then, he was Charlie Hustle. <laughs> Nobody played the game harder than that guy did oh. back in the day. Oh, I know. It's, and, you know, it was that was really the last year I enjoyed watching baseball a lot was, you know, the yeah. Chicago and I remember, you know, and, and Baltimore, Chicago, Baltimore, the New York Mets, the Miracle the Mets, New York Mets and uh, Cincy. And it, you know, those were, those were good times to watch baseball now, not so much, but uh, yeah. so let uh, moving on to uh, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about the current administration. Um, as I said, I, you know, last week asked him about, you know, I don't think they're serious. They don't seriously understand what's going on with the far right. But how would you assess what Biden has done so far as president? Uh, I think good and bad. I think the good is um, he's uh, he's calmed the chaos. He delivered on COVID. And if he can deliver on infrastructure, that's pretty damn good. Um, he's made America be able to breathe and relax again. That's really good. 
the bad Brian is um, they botched the border. And, and again, I got to tell you, this isn't just the Republican base. The border is an issue with a lot more Americans than admit it. And I worry that Biden's botching the whole crime issue. Uh, I, I worry about those two issues. How, all right. So let's take them individually. How do you think he's botching the border issue? Um, it's pretty clear that, and you know this, I mean, folks, good, decent folks down in Mexico and Central America, they pay attention to what people say up here and they pay attention to what presidents say and they pay attention to what candidates for president say. And Donald Trump, even though it was all BS, Trump said, man, I'm going to build a wall. I'm keeping you out of here. If you get in, I'm throwing you back out. Now, a lot of that was all BS. But Trump, through his talk, kept people from coming to the border. Then what's interesting, though, Brian, is after about a year of Trump, when he was president, uh, folks down in Central America and Mexico realized he was all bark and no bite. And then the numbers flooded again. And, and, and then in, in Trump's defense, he changed some of his policies, some uh, unconstitutional, but he lowered the numbers at the border. Joe Biden, as a candidate, kept telling everybody, I'm going to be the opposite of Trump. I'm going to be nice and kind and welcoming. And even if that's a good way to be, they listened to that. And so by the time Biden got elected, they were on their way up. And by the time Biden got sworn in, they were at our door. And, and then initially, I'm surprised, Brian, the Biden administration didn't see the problem because then they started to put out mixed messages like don't come up yet or don't come up now. Um, so I, I understand that they didn't want to be Trump. But right. when you say you're going to be welcoming, those good folks are going to come up. Well, before I, I kick back on that, let's talk a little bit about the crime. Where do you think he's failed in crime? I think just pushing back against the Republican bullshit that the right. Democratic Party is all about hating and defunding the cops. I don't think candidate Biden pushed back strong enough during the last campaign, which is why Democrats got hurt in that election. And same thing's going on. There is a spike in violent crime and crime around the country. Brian, you know, and I know it began in 2020 when Trump was president, but, but the Republicans are tagging Democrats with this. Well, it's a big issue. Historically, Americans care about it. And when crime is a big issue, Democrats tend to get hurt. Biden knows that. He's been here forever. He yeah. delivered a lousy speech last week when he had his crime seminar or his right. crime conference. And he came out, and you were probably there, Brian, really lifelessly, he read from a teleprompter, and all he talked about was guns, guns, guns. Uh, I, it was really disappointing. He's got to meet the moment and throw it right back at Republicans. Yeah, I, the Republicans, like I said, uh, party of no heart and the Democrats, you know, have no head. So yes, the, the, it's accurate. The, the Republicans will beat you to death with it, whether it's true or not. Yep. And the Democrats will apologize for it, whether they need to or not. <laughs> so, but going back to the border, I'll go, I, I think every president in my lifetime has screwed up the border. I don't think Republicans Fair. or Democrats have, have dealt with it. 
Uh, it started in the 70s with a devaluation of the peso after the oil economy crashed. Um, we have been a, a problem. Our own government and our own foreign policy helped create the problems that exist down there. So Agreed. I really have a hard time believing that anyone is going to. And the numbers, while they have spiked, they do spike seasonally and annually. And you have to take a look at them and see. But they're nothing like in the 80s when, you know, it was literally hide and go seek. And there were, you know, I, I would ride with Border Patrol and we'd pick up 30 or 40 in an hour, toss them back over the border. An hour later, they'd be back again. And the Border Patrolman would go, hey, look, I'll catch them three times. And if I don't catch them the fourth time, I know they got through. Um, there needs to be more people, more boots on the ground, more infrastructure, more infrastructure, not a yes. wall uh, yes. for them to deal with it. And any president who tells me that, um, you know, you have to build a wall to keep the drug dealers and the bad people out. No, I don't really understand the issue because yeah. drug dealers aren't going to rent a truck, drive it to the border, put it in a boat, the, take it to the across the border, then get another truck. They're going to hide it in the back of a, a 18 wheeler or on a train that's coming here. They use the points of entry and they're very good at bribing officials and hiding shit. And they, yeah. and I've talked to drug dealers, you know, interviewed them and it's like, okay, so much we plan for, you know, as, as, you know, overhead, well, we're going to lose 20%. And, and, you know, hell, sometimes they'll give it up to us. So we'll turn the, uh, you know, turn the head to the, to the rest of it. So right. we, we created the problem and we created the, all of it. And, and until somebody wants to deal with the root causes, the border to me is like, it's like, you know, who created dirt? Who gives a shit? You're not dealing with it. You're just agreed, Brian. And I agree with everything you're saying. And until you deal with the root causes, the problem's going to be here. But in the, in the short term, in the meantime, I just think we need to be clear to. I think you're right there. I think you have want to, to come here. We welcome refugees. We blah, 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 blah. But if you want to come to America, you got to come here legally. And if you don't come here legally, we're not going to let you in. I, I think a firm, loving message needs to be delivered. Trump messed that up because, again, well, Trump and, was Johnny one note, the wall, the wall, the wall. Which he invented on the fly while he yeah. was, I, I, there was never any thought to it. That was, and I, you know, I remember the first time I asked him about it, I go, well, wall's great. How deep is it going? Well, what do you mean? Well, because I've stood in and done live shots in drug tunnels that are easily 80 feet beneath, yeah. the, beneath the surface of the, and they're tunnels and they're two lane highways. Or why does it so unless your tunnel's going 80 feet deep, uh, unless your wall's going 80 feet yeah. deep, what are you stopping? You're not stopping it. By the way, there there's these things they've invented that defeats walls. They're called ladders, and they're, <laughs> they're pretty effective about climbing walls. <laughs> and I, I and remember, I just but Brian again, po politically, it seemed like the Biden team got caught flat-footed. And yeah, I, well, and it seemed like well, if, if you're Kamala Harris. Don't give the Republicans any material. She, Brian, well, she should have gone down there right away and done it two right. months ago and gotten it out of the way. Well, and now they're complaining that she really didn't go to the border. It's yeah. like, well, she didn't step on the, there's a line. And when you step on it, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> I mean, isn't he, isn't Trump going to the border this week? Oh God. Yeah. I think he's going down to Harlan uh, before. Um, with to, Abbott, Abbott invited yeah. him. Which is uh, there's there's stories there. I won't even tell you about you know those. <laughs> <laughs> then the other one about violence. I I I hear you there. I don't think again either party deals with uh, crime 
very well. I mean, we have, I understand the guns and being concerned because we have so many. It's part of it. It's part of it. It is part of it. But I'll, I will give, I'll give Biden this because it's the, and it was uh, Merrick Garland who said it last week, I think it was on a Wednesday. If you're going to deal with, I, I've always thought that passing additional gun legislation was stupid. And, yeah. the, and the reason why is I have covered this for a while. There are places in Texas, all across the South, all across the country, where you have just two ATF agents and they're inspecting as many as three or 400 uh, gun shops, which means they never get around to them, which means it doesn't yeah. matter how many laws you pass, we can't enforce the ones that are on the book already. And so that's so true, Brian. That's yeah. so true. So when Merrick Garland said, look, whatever we do, we're going to put more boots on the ground. We're going to put hire more ATF agents. Aha. That that makes me think that he really understands that to, if you're going to enforce gun legislation, that you got to have people who actually, I don't know, police it rather than just passing, you know, a piece of paper going, this, yep, your band means nothing, nothing. Nothing. And, and Brian, look, I, I, I'm probably a much bigger gun guy, Second Amendment guy than you are. But you and I, I former think, could find... NRA. <laughs> I am former. I used to like to wear my hat and, and cut the grass just to piss people <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But our focus should be on doing whatever the hell we can do to make upfront, to make sure that somebody who shouldn't have a gun doesn't get one instead of focusing on banning guns. Well, uh, so focus on universal background checks. Yeah. And, beefing and up background checks. I think banning assault rifles are a good idea too. Honestly, I don't, I don't see Never that. happened, my friend. Love you. I love you like a brother. Ain't never going to happen. Yeah. I, well, we had it for a while, but I, I, and then it expired, but I just don't understand that, you know, I'm, I've gone hunting and I've never needed an M16 to take out Bambi. But in, well, when, when the deer start I, arming themselves, when we have to worry about the deer firing back, I'm, I'm fine with an M16 and grenade them. You and I could have a fun conversation about, let's say, the AR-15. But yeah, man, well, it's it's the most popular firearm in America right now. Oh, I know. You're never, ever going to ban it. Don't even go down that road. Well, and, but you know how easy it is to turn an AR-15 into an, uh, instead of a semi, an auto. You can turn that. Well, you turn it into an auto, you're breaking the law and you ought to be going after it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's very easy to do. And they used to sell those conversion kits. I don't know if they do anymore, but bump stocks are, you know, the same type of thing. Anything that you know, I, I just, you know, I, I you can, and well, you know this, Brian, because you're so damn knowledgeable. Nah. A lot of people, but, but you, uh, the AR-15 is just a platform. You can literally build yep. your own AR-15 for any oh, yeah. purpose. Well, well and, and with, and, you know, now you can, you know, almost print them. Remember the yes. <laughs> printers? You yes. Can, it's, uh, if, you know, at the point in time where people decide that we don't want to kill each other with guns, you won't need a law to keep it from happening. People just won't accept that as a possibility. But as long as people accept it as a possibility, it's always going to happen. Honestly. But we could, even me, I would support, we got to beef up background checks. You buy a gun anywhere, you should have to undergo a background check. Well, that's, I, and I covered a story in Texas years ago, and it's still 
stays with me. A guy got pissed off at his wife and his kids. They were not well off, but they lived in an apartment complex and across the street was Walmart. He walked into the Walmart, bought himself a gun, 10 minutes, a gun and ammunition and came back 10 minutes later, killed his wife, killed his kids and killed himself. That's what you, you gotta, you gotta stop that. And you gotta stop the people from walking into a, a supper club or a, or, you know, or into a theater or into a church or wherever there's a lot of people and in, in, in getting involved in, in a massive shootout just for the sake of doing it. The first one I covered was in a Luby's in Texas years ago, and they were happening like once every year once. And now they're happening like twice a week. You know, here's what I say though, Brian, you're right. But like to Biden and crime, we are, we, we, we're seeing a huge spike in crime across the board, crime without guns. And again, it's yeah. been spiking since early 2020 when Trump was president. Don't you um, think some of that has to do with the coronavirus, people getting just yes. frustrated? A- a- absolutely. So I guess the answer is it's not just guns. And I know Biden does that to feed his base. But crime's a much more complicated issue. Well, the crime is a complicated issue. I recommend uh, prescribing weed for everyone. Everybody just gets high and nobody wants to shoot anybody. <laughs> it's actually not a bad idea, Brian. Yeah, that's well, they should legalize that. All of that should all, be legalized. all over, yeah. everywhere. <laughs> I mean, I worked as a bouncer in, in, a, in a bar in, in college. I broke up a lot of fights, and there were a couple of times when there were guns involved, and I broke up yeah. a lot of fights with drunks getting pissed off at one another, but I never broke up a fight between uh, two stoners. That just, they, never. it never happens. uh, uh, Clarence Thomas, I think today said, yes, the the federal, uh, our marijuana laws, man, are like antiquated. Let's get into this. They they are antiquated. And by the way, they were racially motivated too. Yes. Because, you know, black people were were using marijuana and and white people didn't like that. Yes. And that's where we got reefer madness and a lot of, in the Harrison Narcotic Act and a lot of other shit. But yeah, I mean, mostly when two people get too stoned, it's like, dude, you ate the last brownie. Fuck you. That's it. That's it. I'll have a Twinkie. And that's it. That's it. (laughs) I've I've never, I've never gotten, I've never had to break up a fight between two stoners. And and usually they're very generous. (laughs) By the way, that should be the title of your next book after this one. I never had to break up a fight between two stoners. That's, that's actually, that should be your, that that should be your autobiography in about 15, 20 years. I love that, Brian. Well, that's, that's pretty good. Well, listen, we're going to take another short break, <laughs> and we'll be right back. Hey, Just Ask the Question podcast listeners. If you've got a second, head on over to Twitter and follow our official page, J-A-T-Q podcast. That's J-A-T-Q podcast. Again, that's at J-A-T-Q podcast. Hi, we're back. It's just asked the question. I am your host, Brian Karam. With us is former Congressman Joe Walsh. Uh, it's E A D on the guitar, right? You know, no, <laughs> Joe. I guess that you know the other question that I've been asking this of everyone uh, as of late. Um, the uh, DOD came out with a report um, on 
unidentified aerial phenomenon. Now you were in Congress. Um, people have started to take this a little bit more seriously. 140, they couldn't explain 143 of 144 uh, different sightings. First of all, I, I'll ask you point blank. Have you ever seen anything you couldn't explain? You? No, but I, Brian, I've always been fascinated by this issue. Yeah, I, I think everyone is fascinated by it. I've never seen anything I can't explain. My wife and my kids have, but you oh, know, wow. I, 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 you know, I, I, I was too busy eating the edibles, so I didn't see it. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, do you, at, at the end of the day, what do you think? Do you think we? I, I'm, I, uh, Brian, I'm, and I know we have a lot of fun with this story, but I'm really disappointed. Um, I'm really disappointed that our government couldn't give us a better answer. Uh, they couldn't explain it, right? 140 yeah. some cases, but the best they'll do is say, we just don't know. Uh, that's profoundly disappointing. Well, do you think it is that they don't know or that they didn't tell us? Because of I think they know. Yeah. They have to, because you know, Brian, like uh, there are only a few options. It's one of right. ours. It's China, Russia, one of theirs. Got, yeah, one of theirs. <laughs> or it's or one it's of from, something else. <laughs> and I mean, that's it. And so to say it's not, they, they know what it is. Uh, so maybe we're making progress because they didn't even acknowledge it 40, 50 years ago. But well, come on. A, I read a book, uh, Flying Saucer, Serious Business by Major Donald Kehoe back in the 50s. And a lot of what he said then it, it comes into play now that there, there are a lot of things that are mistaken, you know, identities and, but it, everything isn't Venus. Everything isn't a weather yeah. balloon. Everything isn't swamp gas. And even uh, project blue book couldn't explain away everything. And <clears throat> the guy who was hired J Allen Hynek, who was hired by the air force back in the sixties to discredit you to folks ended up coming up with and the reason why we have the term close encounters of a third kind it was, you know, Heineck, who there was a first, second, and third kind of, of UFO encounter. And yeah. he couldn't explain everything and said, look, there's something to this. And, you know, I'm a pilot. So, I mean, and I've talked to pilots, uh, military pilots, as well as civilian pilots. And, man, those people are trained observers. I mean, you know, you're up in the air. Brian, having a, a, a lot of them have seen shit, right? Yeah. yeah. And okay. all of them say that it's real shit. And wow. if it's not our shit and it's not the Russian shit or China shit, then what shit is it? And I, I just wonder if we'll ever in my lifetime uh, find, you know, the truth behind that. And, and, and as and you're in, crazy, you were in Congress, you could have. Yeah, I mean, but they won't. <laughs> I military, <laughs> military won't tell you either. They won't. They will not tell you. Um, I, I, and it's look, it's humanity is we've got our issues we're divided this would be kind of a cool thing for the whole world to kind of come together on i would and, think and so yeah it, it's it disappointing would, yeah it, it is disappointing to me but the point you make is is so i mean i often think if there's seven billion people on this planet if we worked together to achieve a goal imagine what yeah. we could achieve I mean, look what we did to, to, in getting to the moon. I mean, it was John F. Kennedy who said, who put the challenge. He said, look, we should put a man on the moon and return him safely before the end of the decade. And by God, we did it. And even through the Vietnam War, even yeah. though uh, the Apollo 1 fire, 
even though Kennedy was assassinated, even though Richard Nixon was Richard Nixon. But I mean, all of it, we worked together to do it. So I, I wonder why um, people aren't more forthcoming on it or if we're just lazy or scared. Well, and that, and, and that issue now, Brian, where the whole world's got to come together, all 7 billion of us, is to save our climate. Clearly. Yes. And I, I hope it's not too late for that. But, you know, you, you talk about there are people in the Republican Party who still believe that it's not a problem. You know, there are, but I'll tell you, it's a minority. Thank um, God. I had, so, I had so many Republicans tell me privately when Trump was president, because Trump would say it's a hoax, it's a hoax. So they wouldn't speak out. Uh, again, they're afraid to speak out against Trump, but most of them don't believe it. Well, I, that's, I wish they would find a set of gonads somewhere. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are people who, and, and, you know, I have had the same experience that you've had in that regard. I've spoken to Republicans who go, look, Trump is full of shit. Yeah. You know? Well, why don't you call him out publicly? Because I won't get reelected. Because I won't get reelected. And I'm going, you'll be a hero. You, you would be a freaking hero. If that's short-sightedness, I've never understood. Well, you will. But then you look at people like me who spoke out and now I'm done. There's no room in the party for me. Liz Cheney, God bless her. Brian, she's done. There's yeah. no room in the party for her. Adam Kinzinger, who I got elected with, he's done. So when you do really speak out, you're, I mean, you're pretty much tossing your career away politically. But, but, are, but are you? I mean, in the long term, I mean. Short term, you are. Short term, yeah. But yeah, there's no room in the but there's you're no also room a in the party. Guy. I mean, there's a place for you somewhere, and there are people who appreciate what you did. Um, I, yeah, I, but you and I are a couple of white guys. We're the same age, Brian. By the time, <laughs> by the time I, I'll be appreciated, I'll be 80, and I'll be on that front lawn with you, yelling at you for throwing <laughs> shit on my front lawn. <laughs> yeah, you kids, get off my lawn. <laughs> Play guitar, smoke weed. <laughs> What's wrong with these kids today? <laughs> So yeah, no, I, I, you're, uh, this is, this is Trump's party, and that ain't changing for at least eight to ten years. Well, or unless he, I think, I don't know if I'll go that far because I don't know if he's got eight or ten years left in him. I, I, I don't know if he's. No, but if he were going tomorrow, say he were going tomorrow, Brian, who the, the Republican nominee in twenty twenty four has to embrace Trumpism. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Trumpism is, Trump may not be with us. Unfortunately, Trumpism is. Yes. And, yes. and as we close today, I guess that's the question. I want. How do you defeat Trumpism? Um, I, I, I think you let it just uh, die its slow death. Um, the Republican Party is a party of old white guys and old white gals. Uh, old white guys and old white gals die. Um, and and as you said, Brian, young Americans want nothing to do with Republicans, people of color, women. Uh, so they're not replacing their members. Um, we can convert some of them. And I do my best every day to try to convert some of them. But most of them are unreachable. And so yeah. that party has to just die out. What should the Republican, what should be a plank of a real Republican party? What should it stand for? Um, uh, freedom and tolerance and opportunity. Um, 
I, I think that's where most Americans are. Not, not crazy woke stuff and I'll give you free college and free everything, uh, but we're, we're the party of free trade and entrepreneurs and we welcome all immigrants from around the world, come here legally and I don't care what color you are. Um, and, and, much, Brian, and much more tolerant of other people's lifestyles. Republicans need to and, wake up to those issues. Yeah. What about universal health care? <laughs> uh, I'll sit down at a table with you. I mean, <laughs> Republicans need to be ready to talk about an issue like that, but I don't know that we can ever embrace it. I, I To me, one of the things it, you know, I think that you that care is, about that issue, yeah, don't you? I do care. I, I saw firsthand people who have died their whole life savings and spent it and then died and never, ever had a chance to, to lead a life. Yeah, it, that one burns a little. And I remember when my wife and I were, we were with our son in, uh, in Italy and he got sick and had to go to the hospital. And uh, I had, you know, I'm pulling out my blue cross here. I am. And they're going, what's this? It's, it's, you know, you don't know. What yeah. And I was yeah. Like, you know, to be able to go to a doctor because you're sick and not have to worry about whether you can pay for it, I think is, you know, I, I um, think that's a universal thing. I, 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 I would agree with you that government always needs to be there to provide for people who can't provide for themselves. Right. But I'll say this, Brian, if you, you talk about universal health care, look, the country's moving in that direction. More Americans agree with you than me on that issue. Yeah, that, well... That, that one small issue. <laughs> and I think, I think people are full of shit, you know, <laughs> I'll go into Rodney. Anyway. <laughs> I saw him. He was, he was fantastic. Oh, I, I love to watch old clips of him, Brian. He's yeah. so freaking hilarious. There was one line that he did that. There's a couple of them I really like, but he goes, you know, when I was young, my mother didn't breastfeed me. She goes, I don't like you like that. <laughs> By the way, Brian, he smoked weed religiously oh. every day. Oh, he, he wore by it. Coke. When they did, yeah. when they did the uh, Rodney roast, I'll, I'll, I think it was Paul. I can't remember who it was. Paul Rodriguez. Or one of the comedians introduced him as the man who's personally kept the, the Peruvian government budget. You know, he's responsible <laughs> for <laughs> the success of Peru. That's the gross. That's great. That's great. Yeah. He was, <clears throat> yeah. You go. Well, a friend of mine tells a story where he was, he was a comic and he was at Rodney's. He was at Dangerfields in New York and he finally got his chance on stage. You know, they at five, it was like two o'clock in the morning. He gets five minutes set. So he gets up on stage and sure enough, as soon as he gets up there, who walks in but Rodney Dangerfield uh -huh. with a woman on each arm and Bill turns, he goes, uh, 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 you know, everybody's looking. He goes, Rodney, uh, Dangerfield, ladies and gentlemen, uh, give him a hand. Uh, Rodney, would you like to come up here and do a few minutes? He goes, shut up, kid. You're doing fine. Anybody got any blow? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, he was classic. But by the way, Brian, we'll close on this. Could a guy like Rodney Dangerfield come up today? Could a guy like George Carlin come up today? Oh, or Don Rickles. Or Don, Don Rickles. Rickles. Don Rickles, Pryor. yeah, Richard. Pro well, remember there was a. I agree. There's we we've become a very brittle culture where we can't yes. laugh at ourselves. 
And um, Richard Pryor, there was a Saturday Night Live skit that was written by Paul Mooney called The Word Association Test. For those who haven't seen it, go look at it. You could not do that. You could not do it. It's fantastic. You couldn't do it today. You couldn't do it today. You couldn't get Blazing Saddles made today. No way. Happy birthday, Mel Brooks. You couldn't get it made today. Yeah. Now, there's a funny guy. (laughs) There's a funny guy. Well, hey, Brian, thank you. You're awesome. Well, thank you, man. It's a pleasure. I hope to have you back soon. And uh, thanks for the, the um, um, where can we see your stuff? When's that book come out? When's that book come out? Oh, my book comes out in October, I believe. It's called Fantastic. Uh, Free the Press. But your stuff, let's give you a plug. You're ready. Easy. Just follow me on Twitter at Walsh Freedom. And if you want to listen to my podcast, it's F Silence. Go to FSilencePodcast.com. Thank that you, man. Sounds great. Anything else? What else you no, want? No, that's all. I'm just a fan of Brian Karen. <laughs> well, hello, that's I'm, all. and I'm a fan of Joe Walsh. <laughs> Thanks a <laughs> Thanks, lot. Man. We'll, we'll catch you next time.